again, I was a bit on the, the heavier side when I started running. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. I had a cheap white shirt, cheap athletic shirt. And when I was finished the 5K, I looked down um, and there was blood coming out, out of my nipples. I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't know, is this a stigmata or did, did someone shoot me while, while I was running? Welcome to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Discover the inspiring stories of the average and not so average runners. And they're off. Tell you one, we are back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, we are. What's happening with Gotta Run Racing? Gotta Run Racing. <laughs> the Monarch Virtual. 10K is available uh, through God Run Racing. Cool. Which it's going to be pretty epic. We have a sweet medal in the works. <laughs> can't wait to show everyone what that looks like. I can't wait to touch it. Oh, it's going to be a beautiful one. <laughs> you can walk, you can hike, you can run, you can bike. 10K between now and the end of the year. And every 10K result that's uploaded to Race Roster moves a butterfly from Mexico all the way to Peterborough, 4,300K. So we need 430 people to take part. To do a 10K. To do some a 10K, sort, yeah. To match the 4,300. That's right. Perfect. And that butterfly is going to make it home. <laughs> it's cool. a pretty cool concept. That's with our friends at the Monarch Ultra. Yep. Uh, of which I am a part. I'm helping out with race directing. And we're still looking for relay runners. Mm. So 50K or 30K segments. Again, we're going from Peterborough down by the Toronto, along the lakes, along Ontario, Erie, back up London to, to Barry. So we we need runners. So check that out as well at themonarchultra.com. And we run the north. We run the north, still pumping along. We are now in Manitoba yep. at Riding Mountain National Park, mm -hmm. which, fun fact, it housed a German prisoner of war camp. From 1943 to 1945, they positioned it there because of its remoteness, and the prisoners actually cut wood. Wow. And they actually went into town, which was, I think, about 15 kilometers away to Dauphin, if I'm saying that right, interspersed with the locals, and then went back to the camp. It was very loose security, <laughs> but it seems like it worked out. I don't know much about it. I want to read more about it because it's... Pretty well, because incredible. the Canadians were so nice and... Uh, yeah, you know. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but you can check out We Run the North at Goddard Racing as well. Cool. And on today's podcast... We have Jesse Hulley from Calgary, originally from Ontario, hmm. relocated to Calgary. And he is the luckiest son of a gun we've <laughs> talked to so far, as you're going to find out. Because we came across him... On the lucky Canadians who got into Western states. That's right. But he's the luckiest Canadian <laughs> of the lucky Canadians to get into Western states because it only took him two tickets. <laughs> <laughs> so he is coming off the podcast now and we can't wait to hear what he has to say. That's right. Coming up. Jesse Hulley, welcome to the program. Oh. Welcome to the oh, podcast. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. So you're in Calgary. How's everything going with you guys? Oh, we're great. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I live in Calgary. I've been here for, oh, 10 years now, maybe a little bit longer. 
what from t- um what took you out kitchener waterloo original oh, okay. oh um just work like with everyone else yeah <laughs> yeah just just normal work do you see yourself uh, coming no. back uh, to ontario ever um i do so from time to time i do especially going with all the the great lakes that we we have in ontario what i normally have done in the past is a lot of outdoor camping and canoeing especially in the eastern part right we came across your name because of the article of the lucky canadians who got into the (laughs) western states and uh, our very first person we interviewed was Fanny Barrett from Calgary. Do you know her? Mm, yeah. Um, we've been in talks for a bit. Kind of hard to, to do a, a meetup, as it, <laughs> as it were, with all the restrictions. Right. But, and as we'll get to a little later on, we think you're probably one of the luckiest Canadians at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with uh, two tickets. I was, um, was a bit surprised at that. I was expecting to take the, the long route, but... <laughs> I guess I got drawn a little bit quicker than than what uh, most people do. <laughs> well, we'll get yeah. into that. <laughs> so yeah. how about we, we start at the beginning? When and why did you start sure. running? Um, well, I started when I was in my early 30s, probably 30, 31. It was mainly, I was a bit out of shape at the time. And I was looking for, to get back into a better uh, be healthier again. Um, and I started doing just local runs around the, the local just downtown river that we have here and found a few articles and it was around the same time that obstacle racing really got uh, picked up steam and popular. And that's what got me into running was doing Spartan races and tough mutters and that type of, those started getting into that racing and then suddenly uh, gradually uh, migrated into doing ultras and, and more trail running. Were you a big gym guy leading up to that? Is that sort of what attracted you? Yeah, I was a bit of a gym rat, I guess you could say. I do like the hit the weights from from time to time. It's had to cut that, that time off a bit right? and focus more on the running. But Right. So was it sort of a wake-up call where you entered a obstacle race and then you're like oh wait a minute there's way more running than i anticipated yeah there was there was definitely a lot more running in, involved it was i did a lot of sprint work to to work up to, to the first few races but as soon as i understood every all the the amount of running and the the breakup with the obstacles then i said okay we can work on do bodyweight exercise focus more on bodyweight exercises as opposed to uh, lifting or lifting heavier objects and lifting heavier weights. Right. Just work on the conditioning a bit more. Right. You didn't jump right into ultras though. What you must have done something in between. Mm. <laughs> well, it depends <laughs> on what you define as an ultra. Because like, that's one of the questions that I I've been struggling with is what's the what 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 is the definition of an ultra marathon? Is it just anything that's over forty two point two kilometers? Or is it a 50K? Because if it's anything, if we're going off of 42.2 kilometers, then my first ultra was a Spartan Ultra Beast in Sun Peaks. And that was two years, maybe, no, less than a year after I did my first obstacle race. Wow. And that 
the Spartan Ultra Beast at that time was about 44, 48 kilometers. Oh, okay. On, uh, yeah, I didn't really have much training or, or experience uh, <laughs> doing anything like that. So that's uh, 44K of not just running, but all the obstacles in between. Yeah, yeah. Um, with that <laughs> one, they sent us right up the, the mountains at Sun Peaks. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the area, but it's just straight up the ski hill. Um, yeah, and broken up with, oh, my memory's going on me, about 40, no, between 30 obstacles, 40 obstacles Wow. in total, because it's two loops of, uh, of the course. And how long did that take you, so, Jesse? Six hours. No, good. no, 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 no. <laughs> no, it was, I, I'm, I'm lying on that one. It's probably closer to eight. I'd have to, I'd have to double check. It's, I'm thinking it's more eight. There was a, quite a lot of power hiking involved with that. Well, I, I would say then that that was your first ultra hike, don't you? Think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're going with, if that's not my first ultra, then Sinister Seven would have been the, the first ultra that I did. Which is a hundred miler. Year previous. Yes. So you went from yeah. from doing an a long distance obstacle course right into hundred mile. Forget the fifty k. Forget the fifty mile. Yeah. Right in. There. Hey, go big or go yeah, home. I completely That's what I always skipped say. a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah, like I I've never done a a true uh, marathon to begin with. Like in all my running, I've never done a a marathon. So I still need to take that off the bucket list. Right. <laughs> but no, one of my friends she convinced me. Well, twisted my arm a bit to say, hey, let's do something really crazy and, and insane and jump into doing 100 miles in the summer. So I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't wasn't too hard to convince. But Are you still friends? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a little... <laughs> yeah, we're still friends at time to time. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm curious to know how that went then because... You you didn't do anything through the night before. No, no, no. The as I said, the longest run that I did for that was the the that obstacle race. Um, eight hours, nine hours of running was the longest. Sinister Seven. Uh, that was it was an interesting one. Uh, have you? I'm not sure. Have you guys done that race before? Not that one, but we know the company that does that race so mm, we know we're, yeah. we've, we've i've done the black spur out that way which is the same company okay yeah yeah, yeah. so with the uh, sinister seven it's first third of the race is super runnable which is can be really tricky which is what we found out to begin with and then uh halfway through uh my friend melissa she was having uh health problems so she she dropped me in the middle of the woods and told me to go run in the dark and chase some bears. <laughs> uh, <laughs> luckily, she got got better and helped crew me uh, throughout the rest of the race. So, nice. uh, yeah, running in the dark up a creek in the middle of the night, that was it's definitely an experience I won't forget anytime <laughs> soon. So, so when the sun was setting, like, now you're in unfamiliar territory. So what's going on through your mind? The sun is setting. Uh, no i i was more focused on her actually i was making wanting to make as opposed to to anything that that i as opposed to panic or or nutrition or anything Hmm. so it's more just get to the next aid station right and hope for the best so you guys did the night together then 
Uh, no, uh, she dropped me. Oh, just before uh, around four, three o'clock, I think, in the afternoon. Mm. So just right before the sun was setting. What did you learn that you had no idea what happened during a hundred miles? What are the things that you learned on the fly? On the fly, uh, test out my gear um, and nutrition. <laughs> Those would have been the the two. I had one one of the sections in Sinister Seven. It's a really muddy section that you're going up one of the mountains. And I brought poles because I was told you need poles when you're doing these long distance races. So I bought these cheap poles. Um, I put one of the poles into the, the mud and half of it came out. Half of it st stayed in the ground. Oh, no. <laughs> so I guess you get what you pay for, for that one. And I was basically doing... 31 kilometers on that the longest leg with one pole just prodding along right so well, you only you only need one pole to fight the bears <laughs> yeah true enough very true <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i found out that on one of my training runs <laughs> so that was interesting um yeah the poles are it comes in handy from time to time but sure it's and not it, all all the all, not necessary and nutrition what was the uh, oh not enough or the nutrition? The right yeah, not enough. Definitely, mm. definitely not enough. Um, I'm still working on it as I go, but uh, the pickle juice and licorice <laughs> whips were just oh, they they were lifesavers. Oh, especially the, drinking, just doing shots of pickle juice. <laughs> don't tell that to my. Don't tell that to Jody. Yeah, just the <laughs> thought of pickles makes my stomach turn. Oh, really? <laughs> 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 so was there any part in that race where you're thinking this is just not going to happen there's just no way i'm going to get to this finish line did you were you having self-doubt uh, there was definitely some self-doubt uh yeah there was definitely a little bit of self self-doubt heading into the big the sixth leg um but when i saw my crew um they really pumped me up they gave me some some soup some hot foods um Gave me a talking to, said that we're here for you and we need to, we're going to see you at the finish line. Oh. So because of the, the crew that I had, yeah. they really gave me the proper motivation right? to, hmm. to continue on, to put, to put my left foot in front of my right foot and forward momentum. It's amazing what a good cup of soup can do in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was uh, definitely getting the chills, but the, the soup, real salty soup that they had was hit the spot. And when you crossed the finish line, what went through your mind? Were you thinking, never again? Or were you thinking, sign me up? Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, give us a like and follow our social media. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can find all that at gotterunracing.com. Did you know the monarch butterfly is the ultra runner of the insect world? Covering over 4,000 kilometers every year during their migration from Mexico to Canada. Is that what they mean when they say the butterfly effect? That was a weird movie. We've launched the Monarch Ultra Virtual 10K. You can run, walk, hike, bike, or flap your wings virtually anytime, anyplace. You'll receive a beautiful two-sided medal featuring a stunning Monarch, as well as a custom neck gaiter, all while supporting Camp Kawartha in Peterborough. 
Our goal is to have 430 participants across North America, each completing 10K, representing the collective distance of the Monarch's migration. Sprint to GottaRunRacing.com for more details. Now, back to the show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was too delirious at that time. (laughs) I was... I did not I I left all the all of my emotions were on the the last last two legs of sinister and on that on those mountains. I was too emotionally wrecked to th- to think much past how bad my feet must have looked. <laughs> that was that was the I just was convinced that there was a huge blister on my feet and I was just making stuff up in my head as went. <laughs> I find this amazing because your friend is what said, "Hey, let's do this." And she didn't finish. Mm-hmm. You yeah, kept she, going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Well, she's yeah. It's it was a tricky race. We I don't think either of us have. Well, yeah, we ne- neither of us have ran anything that distance. So it was a bit of a shock to us to us both. But no, they uh, she came in and finished the, the the relay a few years later. So okay. Oh, that's good. Cool. So that's she good. did get. Get her revenge on, on Sinister. Right. <laughs> and then after Sinister, it looks like you uh, took on the Canadian Death Race in Grand Cash. Yeah, that's definitely my favorite race that I've done. Um, Grand Cash. It for those who haven't seen it, it's a small mountain town in the in the Rockies that we have here, but the community just brings just comes together for this this race. I, it's owned by uh, Sinister Sports again. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say a bad thing about what with the those the crew that crew does. It's right. one of the, my favorite companies. Um, uh, again, it's, it's another tricky race. It you think it's runnable until it's not. <laughs> and dealing with the two mountains. And the first time I did it, I was cresting the second mountain top, Mount Mount Hamill right as the, the sun was setting. So I could see far out in the distance. And I tell everyone, if you have the opportunity, go do uh, the Canadian death race. It was actually Norm's first ultra. And oh, I, really? Yeah. And I, nice. com- I competed on a relay team and we were actually the, oh, top, good. the top Ontario team. Cause at that time it was 2005. Oh, sweet. Yeah. 2005. 2005. There were oh, okay. there weren't many um, Eastern teams. There were they were mostly uh, mm-hmm. Western. So we really Western had our work West. cut out for us. Yeah, yeah. But oh, we good. understand. Congratulations. We understand what you're saying. The fact that the mm-hmm. town really embraces it and it's very well yeah. run and yeah, it's a, it's worth checking out for sure. The reason why mm-hmm. I say go big or go home is because the Canadian death race was my first ultra. So I understand what's going through your mind. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And when you entered that race, were you aware that it was a Western States qualifier or did that happen after? No, I was aware. I was, I, I was aware that, that it was a a States qualifier. I was, I thought I'd have to build up the, my tickets. So I started saying, Let's. I know the who's putting the the race on. That's so we're, I trusted the people, and just built up tickets on that. Same thing with um, Lost Soul and and Lethbridge. Right. Just put in tickets for for those ones. How how sorry? How was your first experience at the Canadian Death Race overall? Overall, it was good. Um, 
uh, some crewing issues from here to there. Uh, same thing with nutrition. I've never, I'm still working on the nutrition as I go, but by and large, it went uh, good. The last year, or no, sorry, the last time I did uh, the death race, it went exceedingly well. I missed out on all the storms that that uh, everyone else on on the mount on the the course we're do, dealing with. So things went went good the second time. So you picked up uh, all kinds of uh, experience from Sinister Seven into the Canadian mm-hmm. Death Race. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, we trimmed down a lot of the, the, the fats. There is, <laughs> I find that I get a lot of information. I'm a podcast junkie, so I listen to, listen to your podcast, listen to a bunch of the other podcasts that are out there, pick up as much information as I can. And I try them on races. I try them on my uh, long runs. And I find out what works for me and what doesn't. Um, being new to the sport, I just tried to everything that was offered and cut a cut a lot of it out right right <laughs> some of the information out there just doesn't quite work for me hey but well thank you for being one of our three listeners <laughs> oh anytime <laughs> like i'm just i'm glad that uh that i came across you guys like another canadian race or uh, podcasts yes we need more more canadian content we sure do <laughs> we sure do and i think podcasting and youtube is one of the main reasons that we've seen such a growth in ultra running mm-hmm. yes. in the last few years, you know, between Billy Yang and the Barkley Marathon yeah, and all the podcasts, yeah, the, you know, I think it's really helped mm-hmm. to grow the it's, sport. Oh, definitely. The, the amount of internet content uh, for, to say with uh, Billy Yang, what he's done for, for the ultras and Barclays, the, or the Barkley Marathons. And it's just incredible. The I can't imagine what the the boom was like pre uh, uh, podcast. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like the originals. Well, when I when I started back two thousand five, I just yeah there wouldn't have been my, any. No, there was nothing. No, there was, was nothing. nothing. So mm-hmm. it was a friend of mine who says, "Hey, let's go kill ourselves in, in the Rockies," <laughs> basically. <laughs> Said okay, no. sounds good. <laughs> no, what's the video that you said that uh, the that inspired you about Western States oh. from Billy Yang? Oh, Life in a Day. Oh That's yes, Life in a Day. Yes, Life in a Day. Um, I don't know what what's with that movie. I I always seem to get allergies when I'm watching it. it <laughs> the, my allergies just keep on just happen. I I must have hay fever every time I uh, click on the link to that, or I'm cutting onions. <laughs> one of the two it's it, life, life in the day that's when he did the western states right uh no life in a day is when he's focusing in on uh the women's field oh so right talk, yeah he yeah focuses on uh magda oh i can't remember all the other women but it's just the way it's shot the the music the inspiration that the women have and the camaraderie mm-hmm. it's not they're they're, they're not they're they're friends in it. They're competing, but they're friends, and it's you can really catch the the how magical the race is and how special mm-hmm. it is to everyone involved, from the the runners to the to the people who are the race director to the people who are just cheering on the on the sidelines. It's you can really capture the essence of what that race is, and that's there's something there that I just 
I really want to to experience right. and to to celebrate. Have you seen especially the after one that you liked with Anton with the chase? Oh, that's that uh, un, 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 unbreakable. Unbreakable, yeah. That's a that's another beautifully beautifully <laughs> shot movie. I, the, when it's focusing focuses on Anton, oh, <laughs> and to to see Killian, it, it's just see Killian online on his on his socials, and then see how how young he was in that movie. Yeah, it just. I think because that was his first time at Western States and the first time running in America. That's right. And it it looked did not look pleasant at the end for him, but he made it and made it up in a few years after that. He sure did. So when Billy, hopefully when Billy listens to this podcast, he can say, "Hey, Billy, you inspired this guy. See, you inspired one yeah. guy. Just one. Just well, one. It's all yeah. Just one, one. guy." <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so after Death Race, you put your ticket in for Western. And yep. did you even mm-hmm. pay attention to the lottery? Or were you watching it? Or were you. <laughs> I did. Uh, well, both years I didn't have much. Um, I wasn't too optimistic. I don't think I was watching it online, but I was following it uh, as the names popped up on Twitter and, right. and, and whatnot. But. The first year it came up, I was expected. I was did what saw the number, the names, and then put the phone down, went for a run. Um, <laughs> second time, that was I was definitely I was I was cutting onions at the time when when my name got drawn. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a bit more bit more emotional on that end. Phoned some friends, told them. Uh, so you were by yourself. Went to the big dance. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I think my girlfriend was. Uh, working at the time so she was out, out of there out of the house at the time so oh wow i was just by myself with the two pets and <laughs> owned a few people i got blank stares uh back at me because they, they didn't really understand the the, impor- <laughs> the, oh, no. the importance of the, the race so no, went really. back went out put on some running shoes uh, started uh getting the training down a little bit a little more intense <laughs> before Until all that yeah. This yeah, and before before COVID, before right. BC, right? Before all that, though, you did tackle Sinister Seven again. How did it go the second time? Oh, that the last two times I did Sinister, I was having foot issues. I think it was foot issues uh, and nutrition again. I sometimes I, I I do forget to to eat. Um, there was some some stomach issues, and I was having a pity party both times. Mm. And so I just had to, I had to pull it short, but I was able to to recover a little bit faster for uh, the Canadian death race. Mm. So I, this year I'm signed up for both Sinister and uh, the death race again. Recovery is going to be another issue with that. Mm. Right. So see how that, see how both races go for this time. And your second death race experience, it looks like you took a couple hours off your time. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I, I took, but a little over, I think, two hours off the off the time, we learned a lot more on nutrition and pasting, and spent a lot less time in in the aid stations. <laughs> I thought you were going to say because a bear was chasing you or something. <laughs> no, uh, there was a there was a cougar on. Well, apparently, there was a cougar on course, so that kind of picked a picked me up around. Uh, well, at, during the Ambler Loop, there was people were saying that there was a 
a bear on course. I've only seen a bear training. Mm-hmm. Like I've never seen a bear on at a race just running mm-hmm. up in the mountains. Right. Too many people running. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're they're smarter than when they look. <laughs> So you improved your training. You kind of dialed mm-hmm. in your n- nutrition. Yeah. Did you do a lot more training at elevation or did you work more on your climbing? More on the speed, actually. Yeah. I Originally, I was doing a lot of climbing, a lot of hill work. And I found that actually was slowing me down. Mm. Um, I've had to to w- do a little bit more work on the, the flats. So yes. I spent... Ooh, a little bit of hill training during the week, but mostly a lot of flat work uh, in the city. And then on in the weekends, I go to to Bragg Creek and into the foothills of. Luckily, one of the great things about living so close to the mountains in Calgary is right. the accessibility for that. Right. At the same time, I assume you're still participating in some obstacle course racing, or yeah, what's happening um, with that sport? Oh, I wish I knew. Uh, <laughs> it's a. I, I volunteered at a lot of the races, so I s- saw a lot of the, the some of the be the behind the behind the scenes and how the sausage was being made. And as you guys are uh, race directors, you guys know how how that goes with obstacle course racing. For me personally, it kind of lost lost its um, <laughs> lost its lust. Luckily. The the ops or the the ultra endurance community here is really phenomenal. So it merged from one group. Well, both groups kind of intermingle, but right. now it's mainly trail and ultras. Right. As an outsider watching it, I feel like perhaps it grew a little too big too soon, and they weren't able to yeah. handle the. Mm-hmm logistics of that and that's unfortunate oh, because mm-hmm. it brought a lot of new people into the sport and yeah. to running yeah. which is mm-hmm. great but it's too bad that it's taken a bit of a hit from that perspective you know yeah yeah like originally i think some most people most of the race directors they they saw the influx and the the numbers on on facebook and on online so they put a bunch of money into the races but mm-hmm. didn't realize all the everything that had to go into it with the volunteers with the insurance the building the obstacles who's going to build the obstacles yeah and also there's a mentality i find with certain people in the obstacle racing community where they want to do the next big big thing they want mm-hmm. to do okay they can climb a rope they can do monkey bars but why don't we have uh, spinning monkey bars right and which is great and i'm guilty that it is the next person <laughs> so i know exactly where, where everyone's coming from but there's a price limit to to building right yeah, yeah. and some people just uh grew out grew out of it uh, i would draw the line at the electrocution chamber thingy <laughs> oh yes the <laughs> Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, give us a like and follow our social media. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can find all that at gotterunracing.com. Have you checked out our virtual series yet? We Run the North. Celebrating Canada's national parks features a total of 13 10-kilometer challenges, one for each province and territory. How many national parks can you name? 
Well, there's Algonquin, and then there's Bam. Then, then that's it? Anyways, medals that connect, license plate style bibs, and cool swag can be yours. Visit GottaRunRacing.com for more details. Now, back to the show. The electric, it was definitely a shock. I think YouTube um, embellishes the with the electroshock therapy. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm deathly afraid of heights myself, so all the, the big jumps over 15, 20 feet, that, those are what really got me. Right. I had to really uh, have a gut check on those ones. <laughs> but as long as you just push your way through, it's not too bad. Right. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> What's your favorite race experience with the ones you've done? The ones that really stand out about that was amazing uh, that happened here. That was amazing? Hmm. Uh, the second uh, death race would have been the that. And there's a, a local race in Bragg Creek uh, called Iron Legs. And that's where I do my normal training runs on that on that course so just doing those two races uh there's a few i did the spartan world championships when it was at uh olympic village in tahoe uh one of the last years it was there that and running in uh blue mountain in collingwood for a few mm. two ob- few obstacle races there mm. oh, nice. those ones stood out uh because they were ryan atkins and all the top people were were at those races so Seeing it getting a bit starstruck on on some of those people. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Very good. Wow. So fast forward, you're alone at home with your dog and cat or two dogs. Mm, yeah. <laughs> okay. And you find out you're in Western and you try to celebrate by telling some friends who don't appreciate it. <laughs> so you go for a run and you're amped up and you're, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about 2020. Yeah. And then COVID. Yeah, I was getting the, seeing everything happening on, all the information online as it's slowly building up, thinking, okay, it's not big, but it's not, it, how can something like this uh, come here? <laughs> and it did come to, to to Canada and to North America, and we did what we did. And it was a bit disappointing um, to get the email at work that, the race was canceled or not canceled, but postponed. Right. Um, it was disappointing, but I completely agree with, with what the, the race directors and the, the staff and everything that happened with, with Western States, they, they were upfront. They were honest. There's nothing bad that, that they did. No. And I one I stand 100% behind what everything that they did. Definitely. I think they handled it very well. They and did they- the, like you mm-hmm. said, they've given... And they, they got ahead of it? Yeah, got ahead of it. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to postpone it to a month that mm-hmm. didn't make sense. And, and people would have to juggle mm-hmm. schedules and, and then be canceled yeah. again. So I think yeah. it was like ultimately the, the right thing to do. Well, and it, it couldn't... I don't think you could have it at any other time of the year. If you have it in the fall, if it would have been possible to have it in the fall, you're dealing with the fire season in California. Yeah. And I know they've already had to cancel or postpone the Western states because of the fires already, but it's going to feel weird. Have a that celebration. It's going to feel weird that Western states probably will still go on 
without yeah. international runners. Yeah. yeah, it'll definitely it'll be interesting. I'll be watching it and I'll be taking the inspiration from all the runners. Mm-hmm. It'll just give me more more motivation to to go mm-hmm. back out and to to keep on training for another year. Well, Norm, how how many tickets did you get in? Or did you have to put in for, for Western States? I, I was trying for six years. Six years. Okay. Yeah. So quite a bit more. <laughs> yeah. For me, I was kind of expecting it, expecting and planning for me to take, take the six years. Mm-hmm. It's disappointing for me, but I'm trying to look at the, the brighter side of all, brighter side of life on that one. Did you buy a lottery ticket that day by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. This is the the only lottery I've ever won. <laughs> I've, I can't. I have no luck with any other in a, any other lottery. I don't so know. It's... I think we're gonna have to check on that. <laughs> now, now that you do have your Western ticket, when you finally get this done, what would be your next big goal? Big goal. Next big goal. Anything out in Europe? Uh, UTMB and Tour de Giants, TDG, mm. the 200 miler. 200 milers are probably a bit above my pay grade to, to even accomplish. Well, CCC, actually, going like, the 100 miler, or sorry, the 100K distance is actually what I prefer a bit more. It's easier for me to train for the, the 100K distance, the 100 mm. to 125. That's one of the reasons why I like the western states is because it's a huge step up (laughs) cool this has been awesome it has been it's been really nice to get to know you you're our fifth oh likewise person on the uh fifth one fifth yeah and there's been so many people from out west it's amazing yeah there's not too many in ontario a couple quebecers yeah we haven't done any of we've done Quebec and, and BC or Alberta so far. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Elsa McDonald, uh, we have her on tap to do talk to her soon, too. Oh, good. Yeah. So the work's yeah. about that. Yeah. She's she's incredible Like with uh, the races that she did, especially with uh, the Sinister Seven race that she did, was actually really remarkable, yes. really inspirational. Yeah. We're looking forward to speaking with her. Mm-hmm. And we're also looking forward to meeting everyone at Western States next mm-hmm. year. And we yeah. will be, I, I'd like to get a little Facebook group going so that we can kind sure. of meet each other ahead of time and plan to have a, a beer or two before and after Western. Yeah. It would be really nice. And yeah. it will be nice to have more support on the course for you guys too, right? <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can pool our crewing yeah, resources. <laughs> Do you have a pacer already in mind? Who's going to be your pacer? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's that's to be determined. I'm still I'm taking them um, taking resumes at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, taking up there's an application form to be filled out. Good for you. For, yep. for, for pacers. <laughs> that's what Norm's been doing too. <laughs> He's got a wait list. <laughs> oh, nice. nice. <laughs> yep. Well, we like to finish up our um, podcast with a little rapid fire. Sure. So if you wouldn't mind, just answer the first thing that comes into your mind, mm-hmm. okay? All right. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I think you had a little story to tell us about worst chafing experience. You can you oh. can elaborate that a little bit if you like. <laughs> oh. So, again, I was a bit on the, the heavier side when I started running. Um, I was just running down by the, 
the river downtown. It's a beautiful area to run, run in. I didn't know what I was doing. I had a cheap white shirt, um, cheap athletic shirt. And when I was <laughs> finished the 5K, I looked down um, and there was blood coming out, out of my nipples. I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't know, is this a stigmata or did, did someone shoot me while, while I was running? I had no, it was like I had balls that was coming out of me. Two shots, two direct <laughs> shots. They, I, and it was white. So and it, every, the blood was dripping down. It looked like uh, there was a smiley face on a white shirt. It was just horrible. I was tempted just to give up running at that time. Luckily, it was only a few times, two or three times that this ha has happened. Um, but yeah, the, that, it was just one of the just weirdest and freakiest things I've ever done. Or seen. Is that the only time I, you, you learned from that lesson of what to do different? No, I didn't. Um, I didn't. Luckily, my nipples are diamond cutters at the moment. I they. <laughs> I've never had any chafing out there before. Chafing at other places, but that's the the only time uh, that I've had chafing in that area. Cool. <laughs> nice. Okay. 80s or 90s music? Oh, 90s for sure. Uh, I grew up in the 90s. I'm uh, grunge and punk. Nice. Always. Beer or wine or neither? Or both? Uh, at the moment, neither. Uh, in the past, it was definitely more ipas and, and the beer gotcha okay star wars or star trek oh you're going to get me in trouble on this one <laughs> um because <laughs> i'll go star wars i i'll be honest i don't i don't i'm not too familiar with either one have you ever seen I'll have you ever star seen star wars have you ever seen yoda on a on a run on a late run <laughs> you ever see yoda no in pushes no <laughs> never happened eh? no no i've seen i've had hallucinations of dragons before but that's that's as far as i've gotten well, that's game of thrones <laughs> yeah do you have a tattoo i do uh right in the middle of my chest i have a four-leaf clover nice for my uh, hi irish heritage oh sweet butter tarts with or without raisins with raisins Yes. My heart. Like <laughs> it's the walnuts. I don't. I the butter tarts with walnuts. I'll I'll pick those out. Yeah, Ra that, raisins, that's not a butter tart. That's not a butter tart. Mm. <laughs> uh, another sport you'd like to excel in other than running? Soccer. Oh. I grew up playing soccer. I was a uh, was horrible at it, and I wish I could kick a soccer ball to another player. Properly, without it <laughs> launching ten yards in the outside. And name a food you could eat for a week straight and not get tired of it. I'd have to go with lasagna. Mm. It, Herbs. Yeah. Good choice. I would. I wouldn't. Uh, I don't know how I do uh, with my running after <laughs> eating lasagna for a week, but uh, I think I could manage. Yeah. To increase yeah. the mileage on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jesse. It was oh, really nice to meet you're you. You're welcome. Well, it's nice to, nice to meet you guys, too. And good luck with your training for Western 2022. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah. all be at the start line. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming up. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thanks, thanks for having me.
Is this your first? Was this your first podcast? Yeah, that was my first podcast. It was it was great. You did you did well. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Had a little bit of technical issues, but got through those. <laughs> Good. Good stuff. Well, have a great weekend. Yeah, you as well. Thank you. And I'll see you guys in in Olympic Valley, Olympic Olympic Village. See you in Olympic sure will. Village. <laughs> cool. All right. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Right. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. There you have it. Lucky guy, man. Lucky guy. <laughs> Lucky guy. I would have bought a lottery ticket <laughs> if I were him. I think that was the day. You know what was sad about that is that he was just by himself Aww, cutting onions. So sad. When he, when, he, when he found out that he got in, he did. And he calls his friends. Hey, I got into the States. What's that? <laughs> exactly. Ah. I think we can all relate to that, though. Yes, there's you know, always somebody that just they, they just don't get, don't, get don't get it. They don't get it. Maybe. But I think I'm sure he's uh, more than made up for it between then and now. But uh, also, I like the fact that how he got inspired by uh, Billy Yang. That's right. Billy Yang, Day in the Life, Western States, yeah. and he said, "You know what? I'm gonna do this. Cool. Thanks, Billy, for inspiring this guy." <laughs> <laughs> cool. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Cheers. Ooh, that was quite the marathon. Thanks for listening to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Please visit us at gotarunracing.com for more information on our events or simply drop us an email at gotarunracing at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel to stream the video version of this episode. Oh, and if you like my voice, check me out at tylerherchuk.ca. T-Y-L-E-R-H-Y-R-C-H-U-K. Gotta run!